All right, back here at the Whittemore Center in Durham, New Hampshire, with UNH leading Merrimack by the score of three to nothing. Into the second period, I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. Mike McMahon joins us from the Mac Report and the Eagle Tribune as well. And uh, Mike, I guess you know this game here. You have a, a, a situation. Both clubs here, Merrimack, really not anything to play for except to getting getting ready for the playoffs. UNH certainly a lot to play for and trying to get home ice before the uh, the playoffs next week and try to host in the first round. And I guess that pretty much explains what we're seeing here. Yeah, you know, I think if you're Merrimack, you want to try to get some momentum, especially the way they've been playing. Haven't been able to to find a goal uh, to find a win here since uh, that that UMass Lowell game way back at the the end of January. I think it was. So I think that, you know if you're Merrimack, you want to enter the playoffs with some momentum. You certainly want to enter with a win, even though the standings is not going to do anything for you. But uh, not happening so far here today. And, and to be quite honest with you, this game sort of has uh, evolved into the same issues they've been having for the better part of the last month and a half, which they can't score goals because they're not getting pucks in the net. Six shots on goal here uh, through two periods is just not very good at all. Yeah, I mean, it hurts having uh, two of your top three scorers yeah. out of the line. Yeah. Not having Christie, not having Cini in the power plays. That's another thing. I mean, we were just saying there uh, near the end of the period when they, they had a power play just before that. It's you know, if You talk about trying to get ready for the playoffs, even if you don't have anything to play for in terms of standings or whatever. But, you know, whatever we see here in terms of power play units, right? We're not going to see that next week because those two guys are going to be back and, and 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 are a key component of both of the units that they're on. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the power play has been a source of struggle for periods throughout this year. I mean, even when I think when Merrimack was was playing well at the beginning of the year, the power play wasn't great. It was better than what it has been over the last month, month and a half. But uh, you know, it was it was getting the job done. It was good enough. Uh, it's, it's sort of the same thing, even strength. You know, they had a power play there in the second period where uh, I think at one point uh, they had 47 or 57 seconds of possession in the zone where UNH didn't touch the puck. I don't think they attempted a shot. I mean, they, they not only did not want to get through, I'm not sure they even pulled the trigger on one. So uh, sometimes that can be the product of just a good penalty kill, get in lanes and not giving you many open looks. But uh, they're just, they're don't, there doesn't seem to be enough pucks to get into the net, even when they have possession. Possession's been a problem. UNH has had the puck more than the Merrimack has. But it seems like even when Merrimack does have possession, they're still passing up on opportunities to shoot the puck. Just not enough getting to the net. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of gotten worse and worse over the last couple of weeks. Like I said, even though they have had this situation with guys being sick, guys being hurt, and, and, and now extending even to key players, you know, guys that have been uh, some of their uh, more prolific scorers being out of the lineup, too. It's, you know, we can go back. It's been a while ago now, a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago since I remember Mark Denny making that comment about, which we've heard him say at times in the past. When they've gotten into the situations like this, but talking about, well, gee, we, we buy these guys pretty expensive sticks, and you know, not to shoot the puck, right? I mean, and, and yet it's getting worse and worse. Three games in a row through last night that they didn't get to 20 shots, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen again tonight either. Yeah, and in some of those cases, they just haven't had the opportunities to. Uh, like I said, tonight's a good example. The puck has been down there, the UNHN, most of the game, <laughs> uh, especially at even strength. So uh, I. I'm not sure they've had the opportunities to shoot the puck as maybe they as much as they would like. They're not getting. They're not being able to sustain that that zone time to really put some pressure on on the opposing team's goaltender. I mean, Mike Santaguita last week uh, for Vermont, both those games. By the time I made it upstairs uh, to the Vermont press conference, he, he was at the table both nights, and both times he said it was almost hard for him to stay in a rhythm because he was seeing so few shots on goal and so few shot, just so so few shot attempts. So uh, it does. It seems to be getting worse. 
doesn't seem to get any better. And I think there's a number of factors. Not only are, are they maybe passing up an opportunity to shoot the puck when they are there, uh, but at the same time, they just haven't been able to possess the puck very much to get the puck in the offensive zone to actually have opportunities to shoot the puck. So I think it's been a, a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, I, I think back to the way, the way that this team was playing earlier in the season, and you'd see things like, I mean, even if you're not going to get a shot on goal, right, you can hustle the puck up ice, try to force the play to, you, know, you may draw a penalty, right? And we saw them drawing penalties, first of all, drawing many more penalties earlier in the season, I think, than they are now. You've been great with the numbers and running the numbers. I mean, that 74% scoring first is, uh, in Hockey East is really remarkable, remarkable, but it would be interesting to see what are the penalties like for and against over this stretch as compared to earlier in the year, because I, like I said, I feel like they're not forcing the play enough to draw enough penalties on the other team, which would put them on the man advantage, which would put the other team back on the heels, and a lot of times, you know, we're talking about one thing leads to another and so on, and, and that's just not happening at this point. Yeah, for a while, you know, I could probably do that this week, too. There, I, I was tracking minutes per game on the penalty kill and on the power play, and I've, I've tracked it for about 60% of the year. Uh, I stopped probably the, the end of January just because things got a little busy and I didn't have time to update it, but uh, they were. I mean, the, the beginning of the year, and even in through January, most often than not, they were on the power play for a longer period of time than they were in the penalty kill. So, uh, that definitely helps. That definitely helps. And, and I would agree, I think over the last four to five weeks that that hasn't been the case. It seems like they've been able to kill a lot more. Uh, even in situations where uh, we're starting to see them get back into this this bad habit or whatever you want to call it of taking penalties in groups. I think it happened last night. I think it happened at one point in Vermont uh, last week as well. Even right here with, with the, the, the two-man advantage for UNH. Taking penalties in, in a row. There was a one point last night where they had killed off a minor. I think it was in the first period. Uh, and then took another one I think before the whistle blew. I mean, it was within seconds after killing off one. So at that point, you really that's a four-minute power play for UNH at that point, really. That's going to tire a lot of guys out. They've been able to keep some of their more offensive guys off the penalty kill, which what they which was not a luxury they had maybe four or five years ago. But still, uh, you're getting those penalty killers tired. You get your D tired because your D's out there in the penalty kill a lot. So I think I think that's been that's been a big issue, and and they've just been uh, teams have been wearing them down because of things like that. I feel like they need somebody to step up and make the play right. Somebody who's going to take take the team effectively, put them on their back, and and uh, you know I, I mean I'm not sure who that would be. I feel like it could be a number of guys. Uh, it looks like. I mean, what I see is, as we talked earlier in the season, winning can lead to winning, and you win some games early on, and, and you feel confident, and you you, you you believe that you're going to make the play, and a lot of times you do, but partly because you are forcing the play, and you are trying actively to do something, and I feel like it's the other way now. I mean, like you said, there, there, I mean, there's there are shots out there to be had, and they're not taking them. Yeah, one of the guys who you want to look at guys that may, might be able to make a play or, or take a team in his back, a guy who I thought, there's been a few guys that over the last couple of weeks I thought have played really well. Uh, Matt Tibbet, yeah. this weekend and last Saturday, just getting to the net. I mean, he's, he's been in front of the net every single time the puck's been in the zone. So if the message has been get your body to the net, he, he's been a guy that's been listening because he's been all over the goalie every time down the ice. Uh, and then defensively, you know, I, I think I think it's, it might not translate in goals from, from the guys back on defense, but uh, I, I think Aaron Tidcombe's played really well over the last three weeks to a month uh, since he's been back in the lineup on a more regular basis. I think Matt Cronin's looked good on defense as he's been in there. But offensively, I, I think Tibbetts a guy that could certainly do it. Uh, I just think he's playing really well. I think 
LeBlanc is starting to come around a little bit. You know, he's had some struggles. Obviously, he missed the first big chunk of the year with that injury. But uh, I, I thought I thought he played a pretty good game last night. And, uh, so I, I think there's some signs there. The problem is they're running out of time. That was the last game of the regular season. They, they got two guaranteed games next week in the playoffs, and then your season could be over. So uh, there's some signs that things might be starting to move in the right direction despite the score here tonight. Uh, it's just a matter of are they going to have time to see some of those things come to, to maturation. Well, I, one of the key questions I think is going to be who they're going to have back. Who's going to come back next week? I mean, I mean, the number of players sick and hurt and out of the lineup, uh, you know, who probably would have been in, been in there is almost astronomical. But uh, who, who do you see them getting back next week? I, I think Christie is, is probably back. Cini is probably back. How about any of the other guys? I think Christie. I agree. I think Christie and Cini are probably both definitely back. Uh, although I, I saw Cini walking around earlier tonight in a boot. Um, that could be precautionary though too. I mean, we've seen that before, where guys, you know, get hit on a Friday, they have a boot on, they miss a Saturday game, and then they're back the next week. So that could just be precautionary, especially where they thought he was close enough to coming back last night. I don't think that's very serious. So I think Christie, you, you, you'll probably get back. Uh, Cena, you'll probably get back. Uh, Gould is, I think, is still a question mark. I would doubt Larson only because he's been out so long at this point with that injury. So Cena uh, and Christie, I think, would be the two that I, I would say you definitely get back. And then Delia, too, you don't know. I mean, you don't know how sick he is. You don't know if you might need him, too. Uh, you know, you get game one goes two, three overtimes, and you're going to come back and play the next night. You might need another goaltender, you know. So uh, whether or not you get him back, I'm not sure. But Cena and Christie, like you said, I think are the two that you can almost almost be, be sure of. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, folks, check out his work, themacreport.com and the Eagle Tribune as well, eaglechubing.com and College Hockey News. Mike, thanks as always. Hopefully we get a chance to chat with you next week, Tom. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, Mike McMahon has been our guest. The score after two, UNH three, Merrimack nothing. John and I are back right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.